press set. Oh uh, yeah. There we go. It's recording the show. Let's go. All right. Um, hey, wait. I'm avoiding legal snags. You are being recorded. Right. You are being recorded. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was that was needed. <laughs> um. Welcome to the Colton and Joe Show, episode 109. I think. Uh, who cares? Um. <laughs> me and um. We were both out of town, one could say. Colton was way out of town. I was a little bit out of town. And um, so we, we were not able to, to record last week. I don't think we recorded at all last week. So, yes. Um, so this is the Colton Joe show, Grind Resume, part two <laughs> for another week before we're going to be at another camp with each other, actually. So we'll see um, what we do before that. So, um, it has been quite a while. It is, it, yeah, this is a late, this is all right. It's already midnight. So, I'm a little bit tired. I'll, I'll be the first to admit I'm a little bit tired. And, um, we're so we're going to be doing our all AFC West team tonight. And I, this is an interesting division. There's a lot of talent. I think this is the, the our, uh, the division we said was the best in the NFL. I said I, I went NFC West. Oh, okay. We we both did that. I, I you always said yeah, you said like I the past like three episodes that you think that's the that we that's the one we said was the best. Yeah, well, then it must have been two. It was it was a very high ranking talent division, um, and it came through. Our team is absolutely stacked. There's yeah. some there's some holes on defense. A couple holes on defense, but you know, obviously, this might be. This probably gonna be one of the best teams um, that we've made from our all division series so far. And um, with that, a little bit of an intro. How has how's it been since the last time we recorded? It it's been good. It's been good. Um, like I said, uh, we, you mentioned that I was far out of town. I was in Texas um, on a mission trip. So that's where I've been for the past week. Uh, we're doing some construction, doing some VBS. Uh, went to the beach. Um, it was it, it was cool. It was a fun time. Um, I, I appreciated that. Back now, took my took my rest day, and I'm getting back to the grind now. Finally, so I'm back in the swing of things. And uh, good week, good week. Looking for a good week to come up. We got the camp next week. I always look forward to that. So uh, yeah, what are you up to? Yeah. Um... I I was at a, a small like a half a week church camp. Um, yeah, and it was we hung out there, and it was it was a pretty good time. Um, you know, but it's it's tiring for sure. And then I, yeah, I didn't get a rest day. I came home and I woke up early this morning, so I can go out and grind on the road, mm-hmm. open road for cross country, and um, so yeah. I was out tonight playing some volleyball at a church um, youth group, as I mentioned to you before. So that was pretty much, that was a lot of fun. You know, my team was kind of garbage, but, <laughs> you know, we, it, it has been, I got to carry some. Got, I got a nice bike, one nice bike. That was pretty good. But the net's pretty high. The net's pretty high at the place where we play. So mm-hmm. I had to get up. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's been a solid summer. As it's been, you know, Coleman Joshua summer, as um, they call this stay hot summer. 
I think that has a sweet ring to it. I, I've been liking the Psych Out podcast. I actually really enjoy it. Uh, and did you know that Matt, Matt Spunauer and Bladen are like friends? Like in real life, they like go to, like they're like best friends and like in real life, and they like went to the same school and stuff. I did not know that. I just learned that today. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> I didn't really because uh, he he mentioned that he went to prom and they were going to go to the same restaurant. But Blaine's like really rich, and then he went to like some super expensive restaurant, and um, he had to tell him like, "I'm not going there," because <laughs> he said it was like 150 dollars for like one person. So he didn't do that. <laughs> I don't know why how that came up, but anyway, whack. Yeah, but... it has been quite a while, but there really hasn't been a huge amount of news. I know there was a big old thing as Steeler fans where uh, that happened today, but other than that, there's really not been a huge amount of stuff going on but we can get into that right now if you have no um reason to yeah continue talking about <laughs> what's been going on news time news time um big piece of news that came out today the pittsburgh steelers our hometown team um we are signing melvin ingram pass rusher to a one-year four million dollar deal um this is a dirt cheap deal Four million dollars—that depth money deal—and for a person that could potentially be a starter, I—I I don't think he'll start. Um, you expressed to me that you don't think he'll start, but he's still probably a starting caliber player. Um, we think—I uh, think Alex Highsmith will get the nod alongside T.J. Watt, but I'm not going to be mad either way, right? Um, yeah. Steelers are always a team that likes to have a third guy on the edge to give their their top two guys a breather. That was Alex Highsmith last year, and this year it's probably going to be Melvin Ingram. Um, he's just a very solid, multiple-time Pro Bowler, um, the team captain for the Chargers multiple times. Um, just a guy that is you know, a high-character guy. You like to have him in your locker room, an experienced veteran. He'll get, he'll see the field, and for $4 million, that is a a good signing for the Steelers, if I do say so myself. No, yeah, that's a awesome move by Kevin Colbert. Yeah, as you mentioned, extremely cheap, $4 million. That's like backup money for a player that's a three-time Pro Bowler, a uh, former star. He's a little bit older and has dealt with dealt with some injuries but obviously you know you're still getting in him an experienced player and he played like towards the tail end of his time with the chargers he actually played some dn too um which is nice because he, he can also rotate in there and then you got an extra you have an extremely fast pass pressing core um if they if you could have high smith watt ingram to it or like hayward um you have all those players you know that you know they're probably not going to be. That's a extremely high amount of players rushing the quarterback, but you think that's a nasty <laughs> pass rush core. Not to mention you already have um, uh, the defensive tackle. Oh my goodness, slipped my mind. Um, Hayward. No, like the Hawaiian guy. Oh, Lulu. Yeah, you have Tyson Lulu too. Is coming off a monster season where uh, he was dominant in the run defense and everything. Like, he also played well in the pass rush. This is this is a nasty core. Like, it was already crazy last year. And you um, obviously used to lose Dupree, which is a tough loss. But you, you uh, we know, who, I mean, Alex Heisman played well in place of Dupree during injury. And then you also bring in an extremely good veteran like that. So I don't think we've lost. That much. I know the fact of the matter is, is that the Steelers' defense is extremely dominant. Um, 
But the base of that is the fact that they're they've been the leader in sacks for like the past forty years. They pass the rut. They like blitz the football um, at like a much higher rate than all the other teams. And um, the missing piece was really Minka Fitzpatrick, who was able to come in and be more of a ball hawk that can, you know, create some splash plays when, you know, they can benefit from the pass rush with Minka Fitzpatrick like that. So, yeah, it was a great signing, honestly. But I don't think that's biased to say I'm, I'm extremely happy with, with that move. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Next, um, longtime NFL wide receiver journeyman Ted Ginn Jr. has announced his retirement from the NFL after a 14-season-long career. He's been everywhere. Um, he was most recently in on the Chicago Bears. Um, we we generally think of him with the Saints and with the the Panthers, where I believe he was on that Super Bowl team with Cam Newton's MVP season. Um. Yeah, Ted Ginn Jr. just, you know, a pro's pro. Um, a solid player every, everywhere he went. Good deep deep threat type of guy. And um, 14 years in the league, you got to be doing something right. So, I have a great career. Wish you all the best, Ted Ginn Jr. Yeah, for sure. Ted Ginn Jr. is a funny guy. And he also, yeah, he's, he was a really fun player to watch with that with his speed. Um, a player that I'll miss to watch, even though in the latter years, he hasn't really been like really seen the field that much just because he's older, but yeah. everyone loves some Tangan Jr. True, true. Um, next, next, Nikhil Harry has officially requested a trade from the New England Patriots. Um, former first round pick for the New England Patriots a couple years back out of Arizona State. The wide receiver has not seen much production on the field. There were rumors earlier in the offseason that he may think about requesting a trade, and he has officially done it. So, not that. Uh, he was that big of a piece to New England's offense, but um, he's probably not going to be any piece to New England's offense. Yeah, um, this came after reports like that he might not even make the roster. So he's not in a great place in his career right now. And Keel Harry was pro- really promising coming out of like I think he was Arizona State or something like that. Yeah, he was a, you know, he's a great deep threat. You know, Nikhil Harry was one of the promising guys coming out of the draft, but he never really put it together. And um, now he wants a fresh start, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. His trade value has to be super low, though. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, <laughs> so last episode, we reported on uh, Frank Clark, the Chiefs edge rusher, being arrested for having an Uzi in a vehicle with him. We talked about that. that sounded pretty cool, but it was a big deal. Um, it's a bigger deal now. Yeah, Uzi in the Lambo. Um, Frank Clark has been officially charged for a felony um, for illegal possession of an assault weapon, and he could potentially face up to three years in prison. So I have no clue what's going to happen with Frank Clark. No clue if he's ever going to play football again. Like, honestly, I'm as out of the loop as you can be, but, you know, potential for three years in prison after being charged with a felony. Things are not looking good for Frank Clark. And he's he's up there in age already. He may he may be that we we may have seen the last of Frank Clark. Yeah, that just that's kind of sad. I did else. I did kind of. Uh, he is on the all AFC West team as he was an extremely good player. But was he on? Wait, was he on your team? Did you take him off because of these concerns? Uh, I I didn't I didn't have him on my team to begin with. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um. 
I'm going to switch him out because of these concerns. But he was on my team originally. I'm going to. Why should I? You know, I'll leave it. I'll leave it. I'll leave it just just because. I never had him online. But... <laughs> um, I know you. Have. I guarantee you, I know you have. Now that he said Frank, it's not Frank Clark. He already gave it away. What position do you have Frank Clark down for? Edge. Oh yeah, I had. He wasn't even the next guy I was thinking of, or the guy after that even. <laughs> I had four guys that I was going to put above, and I would have put above him. But hmm. oh, we'll get to that in a bit. We'll get to that in a bit. Yes, um, will. Next, the the I'll kind of throw these all into one. Um, the franchise tag deadline would has just expired this week. In terms of um, the deadline to franchise tag expired a while ago, but the deadline to for franchise players to get a long term deal done expired this week. And really, only one of the big names got a deal done, and that being Panthers offensive tackle Taylor Moten. Um, he got a four year, seventy two million dollar extension, making him one of the higher paid offensive tackles in the NFL. Some notable names that did not get a contract extension reached um, included Marcus May, Allen Robinson, Brandon Sheriff, uh, Chris Godwin. All did not get long-term extensions done. So Taylor Mountain gets his deal done, but really he's the only one. All the other franchise guys are, are going to hit the free agent market once again next year, it's looking like. So how are we feeling? Yeah, that's interesting. I did expect at least some of those guys maybe um... – Marcus May, honestly, I kind of expected him to sign a deal. I said they were going to throw the bag at Marcus May because he's so good that he could be a player that really fits the timeline of the Jets. Obviously, he has different plans. And he knows he can make a butt ton of money anywhere. So I guess you can just sit sit around and wait a year. There's not really any concerns there. But other than that, I kind of expected, like, I didn't really think Alan Robinson was going to sign a big deal or, you know, some of those other guys that you mentioned, like, a lot of times when they're franchise tagged, the deals don't get done. But that is good good for Taylor Moten. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, no. yeah, get off of Lyman. Younger guy. Yeah, got the bag. So. Got to respect it. Got to respect it. So now, I think this is going to be a new thing. I think this is a new thing that's starting here. We got to we get on, onto it. You say it's time to get to the meat and potatoes of the episode. I think this might be a new, a new thing starting. But you, uh, the, I, I, you didn't talk about Richard Sherman. I didn't. You're right. Now that I think about it, I, th- I kind of, in my brain, I thought we talked about that last episode, but I guess we didn't. Richard Sherman was, um, I don't know if he's officially convicted, but he was arrested on uh, domestic violence charges. And there were a bunch of like crazy videos coming out about him trying to like break down his father in law's door. And like, that video this- does look funny. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> all this different stuff. His Stop wife said that he's fine. It- his wife said that, like, nobody was injured and all this, but, like, there's, I, I don't know the whole situation. There's so much stuff going on with it. There's different rumors going around that this, that, whatever else. It was in Seattle that it happened, so there were a bunch of memes, like, this isn't how Seattle fans wanted, like, this isn't what they envisioned when they wanted Richard Sherman to return to Seattle. Yeah. But yeah, it's spurred some memes. Um, but overall, this is kind of sad. This is kind of a sad end to a, a legendary career, and uh, hopefully, um, you know, I, I don't want to remember Richard Sherman as the felon. I want to remember him as the, the extremely talented player from my childhood, but we'll see as we 
that there's a lot of rumors about that. But I don't know if you were weren't going to mention that because it's kind of not a lot of this confirmed. But yeah, I was just thinking I, I, in my brain for whatever reason I was thinking we got that last episode, but you were right. It just happened this past week. Yeah. So now we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. Um, our all AFC West team. Um, this is our our third one I believe that we've done so far, and we're kicking her off with the QB. Which, in my eyes, I think this is the easiest one. The best quarterback in the league, Patrick Mahomes, takes the QB spot here for absolute obvious reasons. 4,740 yards, 38 touchdowns to six interceptions. There's nothing more I can say. He's got a rocket arm. He's the best QB in the league. An absolutely generational talent. Could go down as one of the greatest QBs of all time. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the all-AFC West quarterback. That's too easy. Uh, can't believe you didn't put Nathan Peterman. Yeah, um, I was thinking about it. <laughs> no, I also have Patrick Mahomes for obvious reasons. The man's on pace to be the GOAT. And, you know, I guess maybe that's a bold take. But, you know, obviously he's playing an extremely high level. He's winning a ton. Um, he's been to two Super Bowls, won an MVP. You know, he's the undisputed best quarterback in the NFL. And obviously will be my selection for our all AFC West team. Yes, yes. Um, running back is where things get more interesting because I know one of your favorite running backs is in this division, Austin Eckler. I don't know if you chose him or not. I went with Josh Jacobs personally as the running back. Um, he was top 10 in the league in, in rushing yards this year with a, over 1,000 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns, which looked really good. His efficiency was bad. Um, he had 3.9 yards per carry this year, which is very bad. Um, but he got a lot of run. He had good-looking stats. I mean, the Alabama product, he's a solid running back. I, I still think, you know, Eckler's more of an efficient type of guy. Um, there's other guys. You could say Melvin Gordon. You could go Clyde edwards Lair. I decided to go Josh Jacobs, though. You're right. That, that's fair. Um, you're, you, you are right in saying I did not pick Josh Jacobs. I did pick one of my favorite running backs, one of my and fantasy picks. This is going to be, I'm going to pick Austin Eckler this year. I don't care. Uh, it'll be the third year in a row that I picked Austin Eckler. <laughs> um, the thing with him, his, his, run, his rushing stats were never eye-popping. He rushed for about 500 yards last year. As you mentioned, he was relatively efficient, but he was injured for a large part of the year. The Large, the part of his game that's always been big is he's the only like he's the running back that has the most usage in the passing game, probably in the whole NFL, other than Christian McCaffrey, um, which provides a humongous impact in today's NFL. I just I value an efficient rushing running back who can also catch the ball a lot more than a, a you know a high volume running back that's pretty talented running the ball but has practically no impact in receiving, in the receiving game. Um, so, yeah, I went with Austin Eckler. I do see your, I see your point with Josh Jacobs, as he is, he's still an extremely good running back. Mm. Like, no hate to, to Josh Jacobs. He definitely, mm. my second, would be my second choice if we were going to take, pick two running backs. But I'm a, I am a bigger Austin Eckler fan than most. I so, knew you were going to Eckler. You're yeah. a big Eckler guy. Um, as per usual, we're lumping the three wide receivers together. Uh, my wide receiver one, Tyree Kill, easy. 87 receptions, uh, 1,276 yards, and 15 touchdowns on the year, even with missing some games. 
Uh, Keenan Allen, wide receiver two, 100 receptions, 992 yards, eight touchdowns. Wide receiver three is a guy that we didn't get to see play this year um, for the Denver Broncos, Cortland Sutton. Uh, the last time we saw him play, he put up 72 receptions, 1,112 yards, and six touchdowns. Had himself a really nice breakout season. Um, was looking pretty good before he went down with the ACL injury this year. So um, uh, that, that, those were kind of three easy picks for me. I kind of just banged them out there. Um, Tyree Kill, Keenan Allen, Cortland Sutton. Those are my three. Great minds think alike, of course. We both have the mm. same three wide receivers, Tyree Kill, followed by Keenan Allen and Cortland Sutton. Um, there's arguments for other guys. I guess you can make over Cortland Sutton, but I think Tyree Kill and Keenan Allen are locked in. Um, yeah, for sure. I was but, I was kind of like him. Mike Williams was my other guy, and uh, John Brown. Yeah. I thought, I thought the decision was fairly easy. Yeah, me too. Cortland Sutton was a baller that one year. But, yeah, he was injured this year. I had high hopes from this year. I had, you know, I was obviously we all know I had high hopes for the Broncos. And uh, they did not pin out so well. But, yeah, it was not his fault. He just went down with injury. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, tight end, this was another easy one. The best tight end in football, arguably, uh, plays in this division. Travis Kelsey, um, 105 receptions, fifth in the league this year. 1,416 yards, second in the league this year. Uh, to go with 11 touchdowns, which was top five in the league as well. Um, there's arguments to be made. I was sad because Darren Waller is my favorite tight end, and he also plays in this division, and it made me sad to not be able to put him on this team just because I love him. But, you know, Travis Kelsey, in my opinion, after the year he had this year, it's hard for me to not call him the best tight end in football. Um, there's a lot of stuff going around now that uh, I, actually the correct spelling or the correct pronunciation of his name might actually be Kels, not Kelsey. And I'm not sure what to make of that. So for the immediate future, at least, I will be referring to him as Kelsey still. Yeah. I respectfully disagree with the opinion. Um, if you say that it's Kels, I will never call Travis Kelsey Travis Kels. <laughs> um, yeah, I also want Travis Kelsey, as you mentioned. This is a pretty good division with tight ends. There's no fan. There's, you know... Um, Darren Mahler, and there's also Jared Cook. We're all good tight ends for the most part, but you got to give it to Travis Kelsey. That's not really even a debate. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree. Um, O-line, O-line we get to. So as per usual, we're just going to spit out the O-line here. Two offensive tackles. I went Garrett Bowles of the Denver Broncos. He made the All-Pro second team this year. Um, he was looking like a draft bust. They declined his fifth-year option, and then he just came out and was absolutely amazing this season. One of the best offensive tackles in football. So Garrett Bowles gets my first spot, and my second spot goes to a newly acquired player by the Kansas City Chiefs, Orlando Brown Jr., traded over from the Ravens um, to replace Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher. So Orlando, so my two offensive tackles, Garrett Bowles and Orlando Brown, Orlando Brown being a really young player still. My two offensive guards, another new Kansas City Chief, Joe Thune, um, gets the nod there. He's been a Patriot for the past four or five years. Um, been a really solid player there for the Patriots and signs with Kansas City this offseason. Richie Incognito is my other offensive guard. He was a Raider. He got cut by the Raiders and then re-signed by the Raiders. So uh, a roller coaster for Richie Incognito. But say what you want about him off the field. He's a really solid offensive lineman. Um and I believe he's the second-best guard in this AFC West division. In my center, um, another newly acquired player, Corey Lindsley, newly acquired by the L.A. Chargers. 
from the Green Bay Packers. He was an all-pro first-team center this season. Um, had an amazing season there. One of the best young players in the league. So my five offensive linemen, two offensive tackles are Garrett Bowles and Orlando Brown Jr. My two offensive guards are Joe Thune and Richie Incognito. And my center is Corey Lindsley. We have an extremely similar all AFC East. I don't know, I don't know I guess, all AFC West offensive line. Uh, we have the same two offensive tackles with Orlando Brown Jr. and Garrett Bowles. Um, and then we had the same center, Corey Lindsley. And we had one different guard. I had Joe Thinney, and then I threw in Matt Filer over Richie Incognito. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt Filer's, we did have a down year this year, but um, the year before that, he was one of the highest rated PFF offensive linemen. Um, as a Steeler fan, I saw him. And Richie Incognito definitely is a really solid offensive lineman. And it's fair to have him there, as he, he was really good for a lot of years. But um, he's older now, and I'm, I don't really like, I didn't really look into Richie Incognito's PFF grades. And like, obviously, he's more experienced and has more accolades all time. But last year, I don't think he made like an all team or second team, like, like, a, no. neither did Filer. But I mean, honestly, I don't think that's a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> I get what you mean. The gap isn't that huge between Filer mm-hmm. and Incognito at this point. For sure. For sure. Now, Defensive time. Now, the two defensive linemen, we were messaging each other before this, thinking about what players were edge rushers, what players were D-linemen. I'm sure we have the first defensive lineman the same. I thought this was pretty cut and dry. Chris Jones is the first defensive lineman. Um, finished the season with 36 tackles, seven and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, and four passes defended. He was a monster in the Super Bowl, monster all throughout the playoffs. Chris Jones just really proven, proven why he's worth his money. Um, and the other D-lineman was like, who do, I, who do we go with? You know, we were talking about different guys. I was thinking maybe I go with like Linval Joseph or Jonathan Hankins or something. I settled on a new, newly acquired Kansas City Chief, Jerron Reed. Um, he was a Seattle Seahawk the past couple seasons. Last season with Seattle, put up uh, 38 tackles, six and a half sacks, and a forced fumble. Um, so he came in as a defensive tackle to Kansas City. He's my second defensive lineman there. So that's who I got for defensive line. Chris Jones and Jerron Reed, the two teammates, but. I'm interested to see who you're going to have for defensive line. So I ended up going with, obviously, as I said, Chris Jones, absolute stud, um, one of the premier defensive linemen in the NFL. And I ended up going with the Chargers, Jerry Tillery. He's been a solid player for a lot of years. Um, honest, okay, I'll, I'll be, I'll be uh, free with you guys. EDJ Sports made did the same exact thing. And they have an all-team for every single division. And sometimes I use it for reference. This is actually a couple years old. But they chose Jerry Tillery as a defensive lineman. And they just mentioned about how, like, his PFF grade was, and, like, the run game was pretty good and stuff. It was a year old. But, you know, I ended up just (laughs) doing what they said. I trusted them on that one. Um, It's really not a strong defensive line group behind Chris Jones. (laughs) Um, so it's not like I'll be, I'll be, I'll be for real with you guys on that one. That's not all me, but yeah, it's definitely like not a terrible choice. He's he's not a more well-known guy, but yeah. So for edge rushers, this is where things get interesting because you mentioned that you have Frank Clark on your list and I have two guys that I believe are steadily better than Frank Clark. And I've got two other guys that I was going to put. Over him can I still. Guess, can I guess who you have? Can I guess who you have? Yes. I am pretty sure I know. 
I'm I'm sure one of them is Joey Bosa, and I'm gonna guess the other one is Max Crosby. It's actually not Max Crosby, uh, okay. but thinking about it, I would have put Max Crosby above him too. So <laughs> I would have five guys above Frank. <laughs> I did Joey Bosa and Von Miller. Um, right. Joey Bosa last season he missed some time, thirty nine tackles and seven and a half sacks. Uh, Von Miller was out all this season. Last season, he um, he last season we saw him play forty six tackles and eight sacks. But other guys, I was considering that I would have put over Frank Clark. Um, obviously, Joey Bosa, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Yannick Ngakwe, Max Crosby. I would have put those guys over him as well. Maybe I'm way off on my takes on Frank Clark. I always thought he was like one of the better, <laughs> you know, edge rushers and the league honestly but maybe my perception on him is wrong i didn't even look at the stats i thought that was pretty cut and dry Uh, in my opinion in my opinion frank clark at one point he was very good in my opinion his age is kind of catching up this is perfect because i am going to look into the stats and i'll post this clip even none of us neither but neither of our cameras are really working too well right now (laughs) because i'm we both have it on pause so you'll see our our logos and then I'm going to make our first TikTok about this. My, you'll hear my raspy voice. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so my two guys. So I had Joey Bosa, and then I said Frank Clark. So Joey Bosa is one of my favorite guys. Joey, I don't know why I like Joey Bosa so much. I don't like Nick Bosa that much, but I like Joey Bosa more. Joey Bosa's, um, so he's always been one of the more like technically sound guys. Um, they, uh, um, it's so funny. I was like, Remember the video of him and was it? It might have been JJ Watt, or him and someone else was like, were like met after the game and was like showing him skills and stuff. And you can see when he's Joey Bosa's healthy, he is an absolutely an absolute force to be. Reckoned. I think it was. I I know you. I, I want to say it might have been Chandler Jones. Yeah, it might have been. I'm not really I'm not sure though. Sure. I've seen I've seen that clip a lot. Though. And um, his stats were always good. He's always been. One of the better younger players he's got a humongous contract with the Chargers. And then with Frank Clark, I was just thought he was one of the more premier edge rushers in the NFL. I didn't really even think that was a, a thing I have to be worried about, but I'm going to look into it now because maybe my perception of Frank Clark is just way off. I'll see. We shall see. But I respect it. Um, I guess while you look into it, I'll move on to the linebackers. This is a pretty weak <laughs> division for linebackers. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. Um, one guy that I really uh, I knew I was going to have him on here, I believe he's very underrated, um, of the Denver Broncos, Alexander Johnson, or A.J. Johnson, some people call him. Um, I think he's a really talented linebacker. Um, this season, finished with 124 tackles, a sack, and two forced fumbles. Uh, I'm a fan. Just, you know, talking to, to different, you know, I for, for whatever reason, on my Instagram Explore page, I see a lot of Broncos pages. I just <laughs> I see them a lot, and I don't know why, but they're all always hyping up at AJ Johnson over there. And I've watched some Broncos games, and I'm a fan of Alexander Johnson. I think what he's doing is kind of going under the radar. And another one, I didn't really know who I was going to do for the second linebacker. I settled on a guy that um, didn't have a very good season this year, but I believe that he's a, a solid player, and that's a guy that I actually snuck into my top 10 linebackers list last year, Corey Littleton. Um, he He's a very solid tackler. He does not miss tackles. Uh, he wraps up, and he's a very good tackler, Just but he, he missed a little bit of time this season. 
He finished with 82 tackles on the year. It was a down year for him. Uh, obviously, he he got put into a new situation in Vegas where their their defense was very, very bad. Um, and they put a lot of pressure on him to be a player that he wasn't necessarily used to being. Um, and it's just, you know, it, it wasn't his game. They're, they're making him play a game that wasn't necessarily his game. I believe that he's still a very solid linebacker in the right scenarios, in the right situations. So my linebackers, Alexander Johnson, Corey Littleton. Those are solid choices. Um, I also had Corey Littleton as, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty experienced guy at this point. A fringe top 10 linebacker with the Rams. Um, yeah, as he said, dealt with some injury issues and, you know, a new situation where the off, where the defense of the Raiders was just really bad. No pass rush at all. Secondary was horrible. And uh, he kind of had to anchor that. And there's only so much he can do. So his stats were down. But he's still, obviously, he's still a really good player. So um, I ended up going with Kenneth Murray, the first-round pick from last year. One of the only players... I had a feeling you were going to pick him. One of the only players in every draft that I had going to the same team, um, which is kind of the most memorable thing about Kenneth Murray I know. Um, but he was really good in coverage this year. He was one of the better rookie linebackers in coverage. Um, and um, quite frankly, that's all. I don't really know that much about Kenneth Murray. <laughs> um, sometimes, sometimes I really not, like just notice... But I need to do a lot more research for some of these episodes because sometimes I'm just not prepared. But um, yes, yeah, so that's that's my two linebackers there with Kenneth Murray and Corey Littleton. Fair enough. It's been worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, three corners. This is this division is pretty stacked um, in the corner department. I think the cornerback one was pretty easy for me. Um, a new Denver Bronco, Kyle Fuller. Um, he was a Chicago Bear. He was an all-pro type player. He was an all-pro, I believe, once or twice in Chicago. A beast, 65 tackles, a forced fumble, one interception, and eight passes defended this year. This is a true lockdown corner. Um, my number two corner went to a guy that at one point was a potential top five corner in the league, Casey Hayward. Um, he is a new Las Vegas Raider this season. Um, he has 41 tackles, one interception, and eight passes defended on the year. And my third one was really tough. I feel like there were so many different guys I was I could have given it to. Um, it could have went to like either any of the Broncos' new guys. It could have went to Bryce Callahan, the rookie Patrick Sertan, um, Ronald Darby. It could have went to Chris Harris Jr., Lejerry Sneed. Yeah, yeah. I, I settled on. Um, the Denver Broncos breakout corner last season, Bryce Callahan, with my as my cornerback three. He had one of the highest rated PFF seasons of any corner. He just played a really, really clean season. Uh, 42 tackles, two interceptions, and five passes defended on the year for Bryce Callahan. And, uh, yeah, I mean, any of those guys you could have thrown in there. Um, after Kyle Fuller, you could put, you know, Michael Davis, you could throw in there. He had such a good season. After Kyle Fuller, there's so many guys you could throw in the, in the two and two and three spot. But I settled on Kyle Fuller, Casey Hayward, and Bryce Callahan. <clears throat> Very solid. We have one difference there. We both have Kyle Fuller and um, Casey Hayward. I ended up going with the old, kind of the old head now, Chris Harris. Um, yeah, he's definitely up there in age now. He's an older guy. He's still playing at a relatively high level. I don't think it's he was he's on the top of the depth depth chart. He's still not like being a 
terrible liability. There's definitely like other options. I almost put Jerry Sneed on there. Bryce Callahan was up there. As you mentioned, this stacked secondary group. Um, so yeah, that's that's good, for sure. good picks. Sure. And the last positions we have here are the two safeties. Um Justin Simmons, Tyron Matthew are my two. There were so many different safeties. You, you know, obviously there's Derwin James who had to be left off this list, and Kareem Jackson was left off the list for me. Um, I think Justin Simmons is probably a top three safety in the league at this point. Um, if I had to just throw a name out there, he had 96 tackles, five interceptions, and nine passes defended on the year. Justin Simmons, the past two to three years, has been an absolute beast. And, um, full respect to him, he's a monster. And then I was really torn between Tyron Matthew and Derwin James. I gave it to the edge of Tyron Matthew. He had 62 tackles, six interceptions, and nine passes defended on the year. Um, He's a beast. He's been a beast for years and years and years. But Derwin James was so good his rookie year. He was just an absolute monster his rookie year, but we just haven't seen him since. It's so tough to rank him when he hasn't really seen the field since his rookie year. And I don't know where I put him in the rankings, and I just can't put him that high um, without seeing him for so long. You know, Kareem Jackson's a really good player, but he's not necessarily on the same level as those other guys. So uh, Justin Simmons and Tyron Matthew get my spots. See, we have the same safety group with uh, Justin Simmons and Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew, I feel like <clears throat> he might be a little bit, like the littlest bit overrated. And like, I think he's, it's just because he joined the Chiefs and the Chiefs defense obviously, like um, pretty much immediately became like one of the better groups in the NFL. And he, he's, oh, I love Tyron Matthew. I think Tyron Matthew's awesome. No hate to Tyron Matthew. I think he might just be a little bit overrated. I still put him on the team, though. Um, they're both... I, I still think they're both probably top five safeties in the NFL. Justin Simmons at top three? That's definitely fair. And um, the same exact thing. I I had Derwin James on here, and I I took, I can't realistically put a guy on there that we like haven't seen since... since uh, because of all these like health concerns and whatever. He's one. He's really got to be one of the most unlucky players in the league at this point, because there's like so many. I don't think his injuries are really. He's not like injury prone. It's not like he's injures his like leg over and over again, or like his knees or something like that. Like I think there's all over the place, and that's really tough. A guy that some were saying might even be the best like safety in the NFL at a point. That's really yeah. <laughs> kind of a fall from grace but it's not it's not bad like you can come back this year and stay healthy the whole time but as we can't realistically put them on there in this situation yeah. the talent's there but yeah i can agree and that rounds out our official rosters for the all afc west team and we've only been going for 40 minutes really i you were actually recording yeah you guys are now colin's actually i normally end up recording so i can see much time it is. I haven't really seen because um, he recorded it. You don't see how long it is. Um, so that, that went pretty quick. That Definitely didn't get pretty quick. It's very late at night. We yeah. we got on it. We got on like to start recording. Even we got on a little bit later than usual. But even yeah. after that, we still we we just sat there and talked for you know about an hour. Yeah. And then we had to Which stop calling happened. and recalling because the Skype was screwing us up and wouldn't let us record. And yeah, it's nice. I 
we yeah, we don't we don't um we don't record for a while. We always like catch up for a little bit, which is normally fine. But it's I'm just I'm really tired, and I have to wake up early again tomorrow. So yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to wake up a little bit earlier as well. Yeah, we got stuff. We got stuff going on, and um, the Colton and Joshua grind is among is upon us, and hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. I know it's. I I've mentioned before that my speech patterns. I know some of my speech patterns are like get a little bit annoying to like listen to. So I, I have I did I have been trying since I recognize that to. So it's a, since it's an enjoyable you know process. But I know maybe that's that why we're so can. short. Maybe that's why our episode's so short. You're not using filler words anymore. I I I don't know if I did that much actually. I was stuttering. I noticed I was stuttered a little bit. But that's just because I'm tired. That's not like I don't think I normally stutter that much. I, I, don't know. I don't think I, I didn't notice. I just go like, I would go like, I, I, you know, it's not like a, it's just because I'm tired. I know it's just my brain isn't like going as fast. That's a normal thing, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Hopefully. Probably. Who knows? I think I'm just going, I'm rambling on a little bit as I, <laughs> as I mentioned. But, um, yeah, if you guys got, check out the Instagram, check out, um, tomorrow at some point. Like I said, I'm going to try and um, look into Frank Clark because I, I honestly thought that he was like a top, easily like a top five edge rusher. And I don't know where really? that perception is from. Yeah, I honestly thought that he, like he was on the team and it wouldn't even be like a question. Maybe not top five. But I, yeah, as I said, I don't even think it would, like I didn't even think it would have a discussion about those two. I thought that'd be pretty clear cut. This but, season, um, Frank Clark had 29 tackles, six sacks, um, zero forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, two pass defended. Okay, I'm stupid. He's solid, <laughs> yeah, but I, I would definitely put a lot of guys over him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's just that's just a lack of, of preparation. Because I thought we were going to do the AFC East, and I already had that written up. And then I got back and I saw the you said, you said AFC West and I wrote up the wrong, like I wrote that up like a week ago. I wrote up AFC West, so I thought it was already set for tonight. And then I hurried up and did this so we could um record me with the golf without a hitch, as I'd say. But um, you know, things like that happen. It creates some discussion, and we can. It does. It does. No, it's just a little bit. It's, Discussing the Instagram caption whenever that comes out at some point. Obviously, yeah, tomorrow. Man, Colton has been doing good work on the IG as usual. And thank you, thank you. There'll be some prototypes for the new logo. And not gonna lie, they look sweet. Man, the man has, the man is some uh, skill. So we're I'm, I'm gonna out. Try. We're working on these new logos. Yeah, because as we mentioned. Our name will be changing at some point. The name of our podcast will change at some point. Um, yes. And I, I've said it way too many times about um, why we're going to change our name. Because I kind of do like our name. It's kind of like iconic, but. It is it's iconic. Just, it's but because we I, use it a lot. <laughs> I understand it. I understand why we need to change it. At times, it's for the better, but we appreciate the past, but we look forward to the future. Very well said. Very well said. Yeah. So, but it was a good episode. It's pretty late here. Um, 
we both got to get up pretty early in the morning. So you got any parting words here for, for the, for all of our viewers here? From us here at the, no, that's your job. Uh, no, I don't think I have any parting words. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I, I mean, I don't have much either. Uh, check out the Instagram post coming soon. Let us know if, what you want to see. Um, we should have another episode out for you soon. And uh, yeah, from us here at the Colton Joe Show, soon to be the Overcharge podcast, potentially. We are. Peace and-